airlines rely on business travel for a big part of their profits. So the key to figuring out when airlines are back to normal relies a ton on how business travelers return. When do we find this new normal? Paula Pant from Afford Anything joins us for today, August 3rd's edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live one more time from Cleveland, Ohio, where we make the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. And I am Paula Pant from Afford Anything. Awesome. And you are in an undisclosed location today. Absolutely. No one can ever know. (laughs) (laughs) This is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press today from a little publication you may have heard of called the New York Times. Don't know. Uh, And today uh, we're going to read a piece of it like some podcasts do, but we're also going to dive into how it affects your wallet and what you can do to invest, save, or pay down debt more effectively. And if that's not enough, we're also going to share a big idea at the end of today's show you can take with you to be better with money the rest of your day all in usually less than 20 minutes. Today's show is brought to you by NordPass. They lock the passwords, you hold the keys. With NordPass, store your passwords in the cloud, access them on desktop, mobile, or your favorite browser, all encrypt on your device for your eyes only. You'll get 50% off, a 30-day money-back guarantee, and a free month just because you listen to us today. Head to nordpass.com forward slash MWF, and not only will you get that free month, 50% off, and the uh, and the 30-day money-back guarantee. We'll actually get 30-day money-back guarantee whether you use our link or not. Head to nordpass.com forward slash MWF. Nord is in Nordic. When I think Nordic, I think Paula Pant. How are you? Wow. Um, I had no <laughs> idea that those two terms were associated with one another. But Well, you know, for a long time you were in the desert, right? I, yes, Which I was is in the desert for, <laughs> for five years. Absolute opposite of Nordic, I think. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I grew up in Ohio, which has very cold winters. It can be Nordic so, there. Yes, exactly. And when I was a kid, um, we, our family had a Nordic track. Do you remember that little there. exercise machine? <laughs> yes. We hung, I, did, I don't know if you knew this, mm-hmm. but a Nordic track is fantastic for hanging laundry on. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, today we're going to talk about business travel. Paula and I have been two people in the business of traveling uh, lately mm-hmm. quite a bit, maybe more than more than we want to. To kick it off, though, let's see which one of our friends is going to help us start today's show. This is Bethany from the Money Millhouse. P.E. ratios? Stock purchase plans? Federal Reserve meetings? We must be getting ready for another episode of Money with Friends. All right. Today's piece comes to us, as I mentioned earlier, from the New York Times. Paula, you picked out this piece. First of all, why did you pick this one? Uh, Because business travel, I think, is, first of all, I I imagine a lot of the people who are listening to this uh, were business travelers or at least had friends or family members or colleagues who were business travelers prior to the pandemic. And so the... um, almost instant obliteration of business travel that happened so unexpectedly just a few months ago had a massive effect, not only economically, not only on the airline industry and the hotel industry, but also on a lot of people's lifestyles. And so this to me, the the concept of business travel is something that really touches on a lot of different aspects of life from industry and economy and money to, um, you know, to the way that you live and the amount of time that you spend uh, exploring new cities or at your own home. Today's piece is written by Jane LeVere, and uh, the title is Best Guest on Where Business Travel Will Recover. 
on when business travel will recover. It could be years. Paula? While business travel evaporated in a flash when the coronavirus hit, it may take two to three years for it to fully recover, far longer than many travel experts initially predicted. Even that timeline, said Henry Hardevelt, president of Atmosphere Research Group, a travel market research firm in San Francisco, depends on, quote, the broader economy, the industry a firm operates in, and demand for its products and services, as well as the public health environment. And two to three years may be too optimistic, at least for a recovery by the major airlines. Michael Durchin, an airline analyst, described the effect of the coronavirus pandemic on carriers as, quote, September 11th and the Great Recession on steroids. Mm. He estimated that it could take airlines seven years, if not longer, to recover. While business travelers make up about 10% of all passengers on the major airlines, including American, Delta, United, Lufthansa, and Singapore, they generate half the airline's revenue, Mr. Durchin said. And Mr. Hartfelt estimated that business travelers were responsible for 55 to 75% of major airlines' profits worldwide. Not only do business travelers buy more expensive and profitable tickets, they are also more likely to hold airline credit cards and buy airport lounge memberships, among other services. As for hotels, business travelers generate about 70% of Marriott's and Hilton's global revenue, said Robin Farley, lodging analyst uh, at UBS. She predicted that the common measure of hotels' financial health revenue per available room would not return to 2000. 19 levels until 2023 or 2024. Michael Belisario, lodging analyst for the financial services firm Baird, also doesn't see revenue per available room recovering until 2023 at the earliest, he said. He added that he believed that large urban U.S. markets, which generally contain bigger, more profitable hotels, would lag behind smaller ones. Marriott is seeing a slow return to domestic bookings, though many are by leisure travelers. In vacation destinations. It said about 70% of its corporate clients worldwide were expected to ease or lift restrictions on employee travel within the next three months. Well, I read that, Paula. Okay, companies in the next three months may ease travel restrictions, let their employees travel more. But I've got to think, now that the new normal seems to be for a lot of us working from home, there's a big mm -hmm. piece of me that thinks, if I've got, if I've got friends, family, colleagues here locally, or I can reach them on a Zoom call, and mm -hmm. I've gotten used to that, it's going to take a lot more to get me in an Uber to take me down to the airport to get on a plane to go across the country than it did six months ago. Absolutely. I think that uh, when they talk about easing restrictions for business travel, they're talking about the minor subset of only the most critical business travel. If there is some type of thing that just absolutely cannot be done by Zoom or that would be significantly harder to be done by Zoom, maybe a training of how to use some incredibly specific, complicated uh, piece of equipment, something like that, for example, sure, maybe that will open up, but that's going to be such a small subset of overall business travel. People are not, even with uh, restrictions easing, people are not going to be flying just to take meetings. That We're all doing that on Zoom now. But but it's actually but it is funny. I agree with you, but I also think that there's an important contract that needs to be signed. Uh, you've probably seen the studies like I have that 
I'm not getting it from the Zoom call. I don't get the mm-hmm. same interaction. Heck, when you you and I said it, when we recorded last time we were together a month ago, when we recorded together, it mm-hmm. was just way just being in the same room with somebody there have been studies that show that you get a chemical reaction as a person being in the same room as somebody that you can't get in uh, uh, on zoom um and which is why all of these you know playing games together on zoom you know uh, that you do with friends it just doesn't feel the same it's just you don't get that same thing as you do together so i think if you've got an important contract to sign still getting on a plane being with the person in the room to answer their questions, there's going to be this person-to-person impact that you can't get. I mean, that's true in normal situations, but the the change right now and the thing that makes this year different than other years in which virtual versus in-person has been studied is that this year there's there's almost an, an open question. If a business were to send somebody on an airplane um, to meet me, you know, or to meet you, uh, wouldn't you in, in the context of the year 2020 question the judgment of that business? Oh, absolutely. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to change at all this year. And and frankly, I think that there could be a lawsuit there. I think HR, HR would go, you can't do that. You can't put your employee on a plane because there's, there's just too much, well, you know, on the downside, if your company's just a bunch of jerks, there's liability. If there's, if, if your company's good people, it's just keeping your your uh, people's well being in mind. I'm talking about when this is over. Hopefully, God, someday this is over. But when it's right. over, I still think people then go go. Yeah, I think I got to get on a plane for this one. Sometimes. Right, right. I eventually it will normalize, um, but it you know, might not happen until 2023. I mean, and if you think about it, let's say that there's a vaccine that comes out in summer of 2021. uh, And then the first people who get vaccinated are the frontline workers and the essential workers. The second people are the elderly. You know, it might take a while for this vaccine to be disseminated to, um, you know, a a 35-year-old business consultant. Yeah. Um, And so let's say that there's a vaccine in the summer of 2021 and, you know, a a business, a run of the mill business person might not even be able to access that vaccine until December. Um, yeah, we're talking 2022 at the earliest, maybe later. I think that that um, this whole thing about leisure travel, leave, leisure travel picked back up again. What do you think about that? That's really interesting to me. I would not have guessed that. I would not have expected that. Is it is it just that we've been we've been self quarantining for uh, a long time, and so it's time to it's time to maybe get out? I mean, I took a leisure leisure travel trip. I didn't like being on the plane, but once I got mm-hmm. off the plane, I was in Northern California hiking by myself. Right, so mm-hmm. it was fantastic. Getting there was not optimal, but once I was there. I, I mean, and I see people going to some of these, I see pictures that people have, it's just their family on a beach separated from everybody else. Um, right. m- maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's this reaction to, man, I've been cooped up in my house for so long. Maybe. I mean, there might be at least some subset of people who, um, yeah, who, who have grown wary of everything and who just want to get away. I, I can understand leisure travel a bit more in the context of a family that has been quarantining or, or socially distancing together already. So, you know, they, they already are household members. They live in the, sh- the same house. Um, I can understand 
the case of them all getting into the same car and then driving to a destination and then, you know, renting a hotel room at that destination, knowing that uh, a hotel brand like Marriott or Hilton will have done a good job in cleaning the room, uh, disinfecting the room prior to their stay. Yeah, I can I can see something like that happening where essentially a, a family applies the principles of social distancing to this excursion to a different location. Being on an airplane, however, um, where you're breathing recirculated air, I mean, that really ups the, the danger, in my view. That really ups the ante. Especially, it's funny, we took American Airlines to our destination. This was on a business trip. Uh, to our destination and then took Delta home. The difference in airlines was huge, too. American mm. Airlines packed us all in. Um, Cheryl had a kid next to her that that had a mask on at the beginning. By the end of the trip, his mask was around his chin, and uh, he's trying to offer her food. Oh, yeah. And and uh, on Delta Airlines, a seat between Cheryl and I, middle seat empty, um, signs up saying that, that 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 they have the best HIPAA filters with the recycled air issue that you're talking about, and that 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 we were handed uh, wipes to wipe everything down as we got mm-hmm. on the plane. So big difference between airlines as well and on on how they're handling it. You know the the interesting thing for me when it comes to to, to this is the travel industry. You and I talked about on Friday show. We think a little differently about this. This is this is how I think a little bit differently. Maybe about this one. Travel industry needs you to come back, right? Mm-hmm. They need you to come back. You're going to see some hella deals, but 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 this is a time when I think those deals largely don't matter. Like I could I could see deals all day to get on a cruise ship. I'm not getting on. I'm not getting on a cruise ship. Right. Exactly. Exactly. The uh, uh, it is it is funny. We do this show live on uh, Facebook and YouTube and our system is slow and it just updated to give us, I think, Paula, the last 20 minutes worth of comments all at one time. Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We went from having no comments to all of a sudden we're just seeing a, a, a massive number come in. Yeah, so if you if you just heard Paul and I take a little pause there, that's exactly why, because we do the show live. If you want to hang out with us, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins, the Stacky Benjamins Facebook page, and on YouTube, it's a Money With Friends YouTube page. Go to YouTube uh, uh, slash Money With Friends. Uh, Jane says, just got back from a business trip, two days via car, and, and short as it could be, which seems, Paula, to be the way mm-hmm. to, um, the way to, uh, uh, to do what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, car travel, I think, is is safer now because your car can be your own pod uh, where you're not mixing with other people. You're not breathing recirculated air. Your car is, is purely your own. Yeah, it's, it's uh, the last time we traveled, went from Texas to Georgia to uh, Cleveland, all via car. I have to tell you, I'm tired of serious satellite radio. Slightly, slightly. Uh, In just a second, Paula and I are going to have our big takeaways from today's show. So uh, while Paula gathers up what is going to be the best takeaway we've ever had on the show, I just keep applying pressure, Paula, to you. Uh, i got to say a big thanks to NordPass for supporting Money with Friends. You know, I like using a password manager and I I use NordPass for a few reasons. A, 
I personally don't like using a free password manager. I just think the company's got to get their money somewhere. If I'm paying for my password manager, I know that I have a an expectation that uh, my data is locked up. The idea of a free password manager always kind of makes me stra- scratch my head. By the way, doesn't make them bad. That's just why I prefer to pay for one. However, when you look at NordPass versus other password managers, the cost, very inexpensive, and I get some great benefits. The passwords are locked. I hold the key. I can, by the way, open up NordPass from a browser, from an app. I can put it on my phone. Cheryl puts it on her phone. Wherever I am, NordPass is creating new passwords for each place I visit that are unique and different and hard to unlock. So if somebody does crack my data, they only crack that one place instead of all my different passwords. And the good news is, Cheryl and I both know that if something happens to either one of us, we have all of our passwords in one place, and it makes it easy to find. Uh, For more on NordPass, for 50% off and for a free month, head to nordpass.com forward slash MWF for more. And and I think, I only recently, Paula, I'm going to say, and shame on me for this, I've only been using a password manager for about two and a half years, and I thought, Mm -hmm. I don't really need one. I've got, I've got this great password. Then when I realized I'm using the same password, the same quote, great password on every single place I am, I realized how vulnerable I was and, uh, exactly password manager for the win. Exactly. Exactly. Plus there are so many websites that have different requirements for a password. There's some websites where you have to have, uh, an uppercase letter, a lowercase letter, a number, a special symbol. There are some that don't let you have the special symbol, some that require eight characters, some that don't let you go over eight, uh, some that require between eight to 20 and some that say no more than eight. It's like, you know, when you, when you then get into all of the variations in requirements that each website, uh, you know, requires, yes. um, it's, it's hard to even use the same consistent pat, not that you should, it's a bad idea, but even if you wanted to, it's hard to use the same consistent password. Well, and like my bank makes me change mine every three months, which I think is smart, right? right? Is, right, is, is great. Right. But for a while I was trying to figure out what the hell my password, I kept getting locked out because I couldn't remember what my damn password was. Right. And then I started using a password manager. Bam. I have no idea what my passwords are. Somebody could could break in right now to Money with Friends headquarters, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. my sister's house in Cleveland, uh-huh. could say, hey, Joe, give me all your passwords. And I'd say, I don't know. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best analogy. NordPass is like, don't use the analogy where you're being held up at your sister's house <laughs> for your passwords. All right. Let's get back to it, though, Paula. What's our big takeaway here? Uh, I would say that the big takeaway is if you were a business traveler before coronavirus struck, don't expect that you will be back on the road uh, behaving as a business traveler anytime in the near future. You likely won't be business traveling again the way that you used to until at least 2022 or 2023 at the earliest. And if you are interested in leisure travel, uh, if possible, stick to a car to do it. Yeah, I think that's a great takeaway. You know, my my takeaway is very similar, but on a different front. And that is that the, um, uh, you know, business travel is something I feel like a lot of companies 
just, just, it's what we've always done. So it's what we're going to do. And companies now have had to rethink their sales, uh, 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 cycle, their training cycle, how they work together. Just a lot of these fundamental things that we did in business, not because they were were the right thing to do, Paula, but because they were easy. Right. Mm. And now rethinking that makes me think about lots of other areas of my life. How much, how many things have changed about my life because of this pandemic. Like as an example, some of the some of the game playing nights that Cheryl and I have had that we didn't have before, spending some of that time, the walks that we've taken, oh my, that's been a fantastic addition to our day. Just going mm-hmm. out and going for walks has been fantastic. So rethinking these things that we do just because of autopilot, I think I think that's that's the, I guess, optimistic Joe. And before you go on a business trip anyway, even after this is over, maybe rethink that. That might be, I mean, look, look at how much of a profit center this is for for airlines. How much money do you save, let alone time and all, all of those things when it comes to not going on that business trip? Right, exactly, exactly. Where do people find more of this amazing Afford Anything podcast? So the Afford Anything podcast, which I host, is available anywhere where finer podcasts are found. So just go to your favorite podcast playing app. You could go to Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, anywhere where you prefer to listen to podcasts and uh, search for Afford Anything. And when you find it, hit the subscribe button or the follow button. We're also on YouTube audio only. So you can go to youtube.com slash afford anything and hit the subscribe button. Tell us about some of the recent guests you've had on, because this is where it gets really fascinating. Oh, we've had some incredible guests on. So re- the people who have appeared recently, uh, let's see, Dan Ariely, who is one of the most preeminent behavioral economists in the world. Yeah. Um, he joined us. And a little behind the scenes, he also will be joining us again in a few months. Oh, spoiler. So, Exactly. Exactly. You heard it here first. Uh, Dr. Brad Klontz, he is a financial psychologist. And hilarious. Yes, exactly. Exactly. He's an awesome guest. He specializes in the intersection between psychology and finance. And he has a lot to say, a lot to offer about the ways in which we manage our money. Uh, Dr. Sarah Stanley Fallow, she is the co-author of The Next Millionaire Next Door. She's the daughter of one of the authors of The Millionaire Next Door. And so, she, and she runs a, a research institution where she studies American millionaires, self-made American millionaires, um, self-made meaning first, first generation in their family to be millionaires. And uh, she also shares incredible insight about the ways in which, you know, the, the millionaire studies that her father did um, 25 years ago. Groundbreaking. Um, yeah, groundbreaking. But of course, it was also 25 years ago. So she's now updated that for a modern context and talks about what's changed and what's the same. Yeah, the uh, that's great stuff. And people, by the way, going back to Dr. Brad Klontz, he was a member of uh, our team for last season. So longtime listeners know him. If you're a new listener to Money with Friends, go back and you can hear Dr. Brad Klontz here too. Just hilarious. Uh, affordanything.com is the place to go. And mm-hmm. by the way, we'll link to it in our uh, show notes page at Money with Friends podcast. Coming up tomorrow... It is uh, more fun here on Money with Friends. Paula will be back next month with us from a different, I'm sure, undisclosed location. She's Paula. I'm Joe. We'll see you next time back here at Money with Friends. Bye-bye. 
is created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.